This is The Good Life in Early Life, a production of Nebraska Extension. I'm your host, Emily Manning, an early childhood extension educator in Seward County. So I'm here with Jackie Fogid, Lynn DeVries, and Ingrid Lindahl, all who are early childhood extension educators on our early childhood team. And we are at our Extension Fall Conference, and we're getting together during a break between our sessions to talk about the holidays, particularly stress during the holiday season and how we can support ourselves and children during this joyful but also stressful time. And the question that I always ask my podcast guests is a favorite memory from their childhood, but we're going to switch it today and do it holiday theme. So what is your favorite holiday memory from your childhood? And whoever wants to go first, just let me know. Jackie, yeah, let's hear your favorite holiday memory. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I have so many. One of my favorite ones is we had French doors that separated kind of the main part of our house where all of our bedrooms were from like our family room area. And that's where our Christmas tree was put up every year. And so those French doors would remain closed until everyone was awake and everyone had their coffee and blah, 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 and all the things. So um, we would all kind of huddle around uh, our living room area waiting for my parents to turn on the lights and all of the things to happen. And then we all got to kind of go in at the same time and see what Santa left for us. Yeah, it was good times. Thanks for sharing that memory, Jackie. Lynn, how about you go next? Like Jackie said, so many. And for as long as I remember, went to our grandparents for Christmas, um, usually the supper meal on Christmas Day. And it wasn't just me and my family, but it was all of my aunts and uncles and cousins. And there got to be this huge family gathering of around 40 people. And the tradition was that you would be start with the youngest children in the room to open gifts. And it went all the way up to adults. And everybody watched one at a time. I mean, and this went on for hours, right, at supper. Yeah. And we were never allowed to stay up that late. But boy, on that night we were. And I can remember being just as excited seeing my mom was the oldest daughter in the family. Just as excited to see what my parents were opening up for my grandparents as it was when we opened our gifts. But it was always usually something homemade. Um, they had a ceramic shop and they did a lot of crafts and my grandma knitted and crocheted and there was you could count on usually a special Christmas ornament every year. Oh wow how special Lynn thanks for sharing. Ingrid how about you? Well I really just enjoyed being with my family it would always be my mom grandma uncles cousins and we would just all have a nice family Christmas dinner we would also open some of the gifts on the 24th which was really exciting especially when I was younger Um, but we did save a few for the 25th and so really I just enjoyed that family time and just that holiday Christmas feeling was really nice and I just loved love that around the holidays. That sounds so fun. Like it's such a party. Yeah. So when I was growing up too, that was like something my dad always demanded was we had to have a real tree. It was not Christmas without a real tree. But then my favorite memory as a kid was going over to my dad's side of the family for Christmas Eve and all the little children, our jobs was to pass out presents to everybody. And I talk about this with my cousins. We all reminisce on this memory of passing out gifts to our relatives. And it wasn't a competition between all of us. It was just trying to find the person who it was meant for. And it was even more exciting than opening our own gifts. And I don't know why that was, but it's just um, 
a memory that we all really share and we all really enjoy. So thanks for sharing your memories with me. It's so fun to hear everyone's traditions and hear, hear what everyone does. So the holidays can be such an enjoyable time filled with joy and time we spend with our family, but it can also be very stressful, especially for us adults who are in charge of making the magic happen. And today we're going to talk about stress and what it is and how we can help ourselves and the children in our lives. And Jackie, Lynn, and Ingrid are going to talk to us a little bit about this. And I think Lynn's going to start us off with what is stress? Thank you, Emily. You know, when we do programming around mindfulness and self-care, one of the definitions that we share with our clientele is that stress is really a need or a demand that people confront that is perceived as either burdensome or threatening, and it can lead to physical or mental health problems if not dealt with or or, um, managed in a a positive way. I think we can all um, relate to stress that's been maybe not so positive in our lives, the challenging stress. And so that is termed distress. Distress is negative stress. It results in maybe a full-blown response. And if not managed in a healthy way, if, if it's continuous, this negative stress can just be bottled up inside of us and it can lead to loss of productivity. It can lead to a numerous amount of health problems and this feeling of just overall exhaustion, right? On the other hand, there's also positive stress. Can, can stress be positive? Absolutely, it can. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to planning for the holidays. You're excited. It's supposed to be, you know, this joyous time. Maybe some, it, maybe you're going to see family that you haven't seen for a long time. And so that's all, you know, great and everything. But maybe you're stressing about getting that perfect gift or what am I going to prepare or am I going to have enough money to be able to meet all of the my goals for the holiday and I know growing up in a home where my parents you know money was very very tight growing up never felt that way as a kid but I know my mom felt this kind of stress that she always wanted to make sure that we never felt like we didn't have what you know everybody else at school had those kinds of things I'm sure that my mom was going through you know she loved having us kids all around loved getting together all those 40 aunts and uncles around the table right but um, positive stress um, is actually called eustress. And it's a form of stress that it, it can be beneficial, actually. Positive stress can lead to um, beneficial things as far as our health, our motivation, our performance, our emotional well-being. But during positive stress or eustress, we might feel good chemicals. These are called endorphins that are released in our brain, right? And so they're there to give us that extra energy, that extra boost to, you know, do all the things like Jackie said a while ago, do all the things, maybe plan a meal or get the shopping list taken care of, those kinds of things. And so even though it's all great and it's, it's positive, it can be a little bit stressful to go through those things as well. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that great information about stress and the different types of stress, because I think we just use stress kind of as a general label or term for what we are feeling, but there are different types of stress. So it's important to know how these affect us in different ways. And Jackie, I think you're going to talk to us about how stress does impact us and our bodies. Would you mind going into that a little bit more? Of course. Yeah, so stress can really affect us physically, but also up in our mind mentally. So when we think about physical stress, we might think about how we're having some sleep problems, trouble going to sleep, maybe getting to sleep and or waking up often throughout the evening. It might show up as we're no longer interested in doing the activities that we once enjoyed. So maybe we used to love to go outside and make snow angels with our children and today we're just not feeling it and that could be a way that stress is 
fatiguing us. Stress also affects us emotionally. So you may see that someone who used to have a really good sense of humor might be looking a little blue today. Or maybe you notice that somebody's crying and it's a, it's unusual for you to see that in that person. Or just it might show up as a lot of anxiety. So be checking in for that if those are some things you're feeling or if you're seeing in others. You might also see behavioral effects of stress. So this could be irritability. It could be clumsiness, breaking things, dropping things, tripping. It could also look like anger or acting out, which uh, we might see a lot of that with kids, which I think we're gonna talk about a little bit later today. And then it could also just be start to affect your self-esteem. So you might feel like you just can't do anything right and just be really hard on yourself. You might feel powerless or even just feel really lonely and wanna be backing away from time socializing with your friends or family. So it really can affect us across the spectrum and it affects everybody a little bit differently. Yeah, thanks Jackie. I definitely have experienced some of those effects of stress in my life, as I'm sure we all have. But during the holidays especially, we might see some of these effects of stress because we already have the stressors in our daily lives. And then we have the added stressors that come during the holidays. Ingrid, would you talk about some of the added stressors that are unique to the holidays? Sure. So there are many things that can cause stress during the holidays. Some of the common ones is lots of work to do, but little time. So there's a lot of days that we might have off. So Christmas break, Thanksgiving. And so we might feel like we're behind and we want to wrap things up for the new year. And so that can add stress to our lives. Also struggling with expectations during the holiday. When I say expectations, that goes into expectations on how Christmas dinner should go, what kind of gifts I have to provide, how many Christmas parties or dinners we have to attend to. And so all of that can cause stress, especially if we don't have time or if a family is going through a financial strain, this can just be a tough time. And with the children, and I know Lynn will talk a little bit about it later on, but just kind of being mindful as as the adults, what are some things that we can do, right? Like taking deep breaths before we react to a situation, pause and really reflect on what we're going to say or how we're going to act. If we are very stressed, sometimes we can have high emotions and we have to remember children observe a lot and so they will pick up on those actions that we do. So it's important to help have those strategies such as breathing so we can help self-regulate ourselves but help our children self-regulate as well. Something that Lynn mentioned was that use stress and distress, so positive and negative stress. So for example, a situation that happened to me um, last year, if you remember, there was kind of a big winter storm. And so I was one of the people who was stuck at the airport. My flight got canceled. And so unfortunately, it ended up being that we had to, my boyfriend and I had to drive 19 hours. We were going to visit my mom who lives out of the country and came to visit. And so that was very stressful. Just being at the airport, being all those hours. And I, and you know, it was just my boyfriend and I, I can't even imagine the people that had children with them and those smaller children and just being at the airport so many hours and just the uncertainty. I guess kind of the positive side is even though we had to drive, I still tried to make the most of the situation because I was excited that that I was going to get to see my mom. So it was kind of that positive because I was going to see my mom, but it was also a little bit stressful being at the airport and not knowing prior 
what was going to happen. Yeah. So Ingrid, you shared that personal story of that stressor from the holiday of trying to travel and trying to get to your family members. Maybe we could talk about some of our own personal stressors for the holidays. I think somebody mentioned today that there's like seven weekends until Christmas. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have any gifts ordered right now. I immediately was like, I need to get on that. How about you all, Jackie and Lynn and Ingrid? What are some personal stressors you feel around the holidays? Yeah, I can start. So my family lives close to us and my husband's family typically has lived a little bit further away. But my family likes to get together and have a good time. And sometimes just being around people when we actually have downtime from work is a little too much for most of us. So I guess it can be stressful to be around family. You can feel that distress of, you know, wearing the perfect set of pajamas if it's pajama celebration to what was I supposed to bring for lunch to contribute to that family meal or also those positive feelings of like watching your family members open up the cool Christmas presents that you think you bought them. So it can just be stressful to be around family a lot when you do have the opportunity to have some downtime and enjoy and relax a little bit. So what I'm hearing for you, Jackie, I think is like trying to make the most of those moments in the downtime that we have and try to make it really special, but also just like enjoying the downtime and remembering all of the things. Am I, am I capturing that? 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Lynn, how about you? So I think one of the biggest stressors for me, and I love having all my kids around me. I have all of them, two of them are married and, and one is in a relationship. And so they'll all be, you know, as couples coming to our house and, and I'll be in charge of doing the shopping. My, my, we on, we're on a farm. I'm, I'm usually in town. Whoever's in town does the shopping, right? So I'm, doing the shopping. I got to do the planning, got to plan the menu, as well as, you know, doing shopping for Christmas gifts. And, you know, I think about cooking then, and I want to make the cooking as minimal as possible so I can actually enjoy the time with my family and not be so busy while they're there. And yet I often find that I'm the one in the kitchen and everybody else is in there having a great time and I want to be there too. And so that gets me a little bit worked up. And so I try to find ways to manage that. And what helps me the most is if I can come up with the menu that I can do things, a few things ahead of time, like even mashed potatoes, you know, you can make those ahead of time, put them in the crock pot, put a little cream cheese with them. And they're just as good as if you made them the day. Uh, And yes, and so I, I find all of these little things that you know help me to like do ahead as much as I can so that all I can have to do is dump and turn things on and I might have to get up at 3 a.m. to put something in to get it hot enough in the crock pot but I'm usually up about that time anyway so <laughs> it doesn't really bother me and and then I can you know I'll actually just let down and relax and, and be with my family when they're there. Yeah, so really trying to be strategic about planning and meal prep so you don't have to do as much the day of so that you can really relax and enjoy the day. Lynn, you shared so many great tips about how to make cooking a little bit easier. And so I wanted to share one of my favorite ones I've gotten from a colleague. And this was for the turkey for Thanksgiving. And I know this is going to be a little bit late for you all since it's, this episode comes out after Thanksgiving, but I do think it might be helpful. So it's to start the turkey the night before Thanksgiving and set it at a really low temperature in the oven and then just periodically through the night just check on it make sure it's not burning and then it'll be done by the morning time and then you can cut it up carve it get it ready and wash all your dishes and then you're ready to go before people start coming over so I just thought I'd share that tip too in case you're looking for ways to ease up your meal prep. Smart. 
Yes, good ones. So holidays look a little different now that I'm far from home. But when I used to live in Costa Rica, there is a lot of, well, there's a lot of traffic daily. But during the holidays, it just seems to duplicate. And so it could take sometimes 45 minutes just to find a parking spot in the mall. And that can be very stressful, which I would say is that distress that we've been talking about. However, I do feel like the positive stress, and this might be a little bit controversial, but I really enjoy going to the mall before Christmas. <laughs> I just love how it feels, just the holiday vibes, everybody's shopping. I just really enjoy that time. I think we're going to give you our listing grid and you're going to you're going to be buying for the team. How does that sound? <laughs> Okay, now let's talk about some of the statistics about stress during the holidays. Jackie has some great information for us. Yeah, I don't know if it's great stuff, but I think it is important stuff for us to talk a little bit about. So I think we're on the same page that (laughs) this is a stressful time of year for almost everyone. And it doesn't matter what sort of holidays that you're celebrating. If you're celebrating a holiday out there around this time of the year, it's a stressful time. We do have some research that shows there are increased reports of alcohol use this time of the year. So the U.S. National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism report that 40% of traffic-related deaths during Christmas and New Year's involves drunken drivers, which is a 12% increase from the rest of the month of December. We also know some people are more at risk for being negatively impacted by the stress, such as those of us that might be living with depression or anxiety. Also during the holiday season, families indicate increased behaviors in challenging behaviors with their children. So another thing to keep an eye out for, children are behaving as though they seem like a a totally different child than they are the rest of the year, you might have one of those little children on your hands. But just think about all the things that are different from their typical day during those days, holidays. So keep that in mind. I think Lynn's going to talk more about that here as well. And then finally, I just want to share that there is an increase in reports of calling the suicide hotline. So the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is a United States-based suicide prevention network of over 200 plus crisis centers that provide 20 24-7 service via toll-free hotline with the number 988. So it is available to anyone in the suicide crisis or emotional distress. Yeah, thanks for sharing those statistics, Jackie. I think it's really helpful in painting the picture of holiday stress and what's going on with people. Just a reminder to take care of yourself during the holidays and watch that stress and watch what's going on in your body. And we're going to talk about different ways to support ourselves during the holidays. But before we get to that, let's go back to the kiddos and talk about what they might be experiencing during the holidays, what kind of stressors they have. Um, Jackie mentioned we might see more challenging behaviors during the holidays. Lynn, do you want to kind of give us some insight into why that might be, why we might see more challenging behaviors during the holidays? Thank you, Emily. So I think, you know, as we think about young children, they too go through stress and distress, just like us. And Jackie mentioned just anything that, that's disruptive as far as their, their normal routine um, may come out in, in what we might consider a behavior, a challenging behavior. But really, most of the time, there's the message behind that behavior. And so um, I just challenge all of us adult caregivers to lean into that, have a little compassion, look for that message behind the behavior. Is it something, it could be as simple as, you know, we're out shopping and oh my goodness, it's already 2 p.m. and and we haven't had lunch. My child's probably hungry. Or we've missed nap time at their regularly scheduled time that they would take a nap. Have they been, you know, getting enough sleep? Those kinds of things. And so, um, yeah, I think a lot of our routine has to do with 
the upsetting a child's normal normalcy or what's normal for them. And so there's probably a lot of things we can do to prepare children for the holidays, talking about what's gonna happen as far as are we gonna be traveling, what it's gonna look like, some things we can do in the car, having maybe a, a bag of, of activities for kids to occupy their time while they're waiting because children aren't really supposed to have to wait. They're not good waiters. So we can um, have something to busy their time, something educational, something fun, that maybe we can all, all even do as a family together but to prepare ahead of time for, for those what ifs. You know, my schedule's gonna change, but talking to the children about who they're gonna see um, when we go and visit, who's gonna be there, where they're gonna sit for the meal. It's not gonna be at our table, so it's gonna be a little different. These, you know, maybe you go and you sit on the couch and, and we don't normally sit on the couch at our house, but we will at this house because that's, you know, there's just gonna be too many people around to put around a table, for instance. But as much as information that you can give children ahead of time, talk about who's gonna be there, what it's gonna look like, and trying to keep that normal routine um, going. Yeah, for them. So almost like a run through or a practice for them. Yeah. Give them as many things to practice at home beforehand Absolutely. so that they have an idea of what to expect before going into that new environment. Anything else that we can do to support children? I know Lynn did such a good job, but just wanted to give you an opportunity to add on to that. Lynn, Ingrid, or Jackie, any thoughts? I guess I was just kind of thinking about how <laughs> their home may have been overtaken by friends and family. They might not be sleeping in their bed like they normally do. So just to give a little grace, like these are little people that we've totally turned their world upside down with lots of joy, noise, and presence of all kinds, presence of people and presence of toys and things. So just a little bit of grace and a little bit of preparation, I think will go a long way when we start to meet children's needs around the the joy of the holiday season. Thanks for that, Jackie. Now let's go ahead and talk about how we can support and care for ourselves during the holidays. And I think Ingrid wanted to speak on this. Go ahead, Ingrid. So I will be sharing about a resource called HOPE. It comes from the work of Julie Nicholson. And HOPE stands for Have Present Moment Awareness, Observe Sources of Strength and Resilience, Plan for Social Support, Engage in Restorative Actions. So we're going to go a little bit in detail to each one of these. So the first one is have present moment awareness. When we're being mindful, being present to what's happening within us and around us with less judgment, we can more fully experience the present moment. So it's all about reducing the amount of time that we spend thinking about the past or worrying about the future, but really concentrating on the today, that specific moment you're in. So some things that you can incorporate for mindful practices can be just breathing. When you feel that stress, just taking a deep breath and trying to come back and just be very present in what you're doing at that moment. The next one we're going to talk about is observe strengths when stressed. So think about what are some of your personal strengths? And when you feel stressed, how do those strengths help you? And also have the strength to say yes and to say no. So during the holidays, especially, there's a lot of events, parties, and sometimes we want to say yes to everything. And then we find ourselves stressed or maybe we overbooked ourselves during the holidays. So really to be mindful of those situations. Can I really help that person? Do I want to help that person? Do I really want to go to this party 
um, can I go to that party? So just kind of think about those different scenarios and just be more intentional behind the decisions. So I love my grandma Manning. She is passed on, um, but I cannot imagine if she was still alive telling my grandma Manning no. I anybody have tips for how to say no to family members? She was lovely. And I, you know, I just don't, wouldn't want to disappoint her. And I'm thinking of her because she's so special to me and I just could not ever imagine letting her down. Um, any tips for being able to have those difficult conversations with families from anyone? <laughs> I guess when you, when you say having to tell someone no, do you want to tell them no? Oh, okay. Yeah, good point. So you said you didn't want to disappoint her. Maybe you really, truly, in your heart, don't want to say no. You know, so having that reflective conversation within yourself. But um, you know, it's it is okay. Like Ingrid said, to say no, you can do it kindly. This isn't going to fit for us right now. But could we do it? You know, offering another alternative in its place is usually my go-to. Not now, but you know, not when, but then, or those kinds of things. But if you could offer an alternative suggestion. Yeah, that's great, Lynn. It just made me think with young children, we like to give children choices. So two things that we're okay with. So maybe it's okay to say no, but then you can provide two alternative choices that you are okay with that maybe would meet the need of what your family member is hoping for. Those are good strategies. And I also appreciate, Lynn, you pointing out that like I didn't want to disappoint her. And so reflecting on ourselves and saying, okay, maybe I actually do need to say yes because I want to spend time with her and I don't want to disappoint her. Yeah. And I think I interrupted Ingrid and she was telling us about the lovely hope method. And I think we're on O. Is that correct? We're on P. We're on P. Okay. Let's keep going. (laughs) Yeah. We're actually on letter P, which stands for plan for social support. So during these times, during the holidays, think about Who makes you feel connected? Who makes you feel like you belong? And it could be family, it could be friends, it could be a group that you belong to, it could even be animals, right? Our pets, somebody else's pet. And just think about what communities do you have outside of work? And also thinking of like other ways to connect. Now that we have Zoom, right? Sometimes there are family members that might just live far For example, you know, my mom lives out of the country. And so if we can, we try to connect during the holidays in person. But if not, we always have phone calls. We have Zoom or FaceTime. And so really that technology has really come in handy during these times. If somebody's far from home and can't make it, you can find another solution to be able to have some time, some quality time with that person. So kind of just thinking about all those connections that we have during the holidays and who are those people that you like to surround yourself with during these times. The last one we have is engage in restorative actions. So what are some things that we can do for ourselves? So for example, we could reflect, we can have quiet time, we can have journaling, we could practice gratitude. And it really is a good time to have quiet time, right? The holidays can be pretty busy, lots going on. And so just finding that time to be with yourself. 
and then tuning outward. So just more lighthearted things. So just laughing, going outside, connecting with nature. If you know, you might have a snow day or it might be actually one of those warmer days during the winter, um, getting enough sleep and just fueling your body with healthy foods. So it's kind of just thinking of those actions that you can take to reduce the stress during these times and also help you feel more calm. Um, but it can also help your children feel more calm. Great. Thanks for sharing those tips, Ingrid. And we're just about out of time because we have to run to our next conference session. (laughs) So I have one last question for my lovely panelists today. And it is, what is your favorite self-care method during the holiday? Oh my gosh, I feel so lucky to get to go first. (laughs) I love romance Christmas movies. So like Hallmark movies, me and my girls snuggle up to those. Favorite movie, let's go. Oh my God, there's so many. I can't even pick one. I just watched A Bride for Christmas like two days ago and Mm. it is November, so there's that. That's a really good one, Jack. And I was I was thinking Hallmark Channel the minute, and then you said, but my favorite Hallmark movie it's called The Christmas Card. And you know, there's always a couple that they get together, but it's it's a it's it starts with a, a young woman writing just Christmas cards to unknown soldiers out, and and one soldier tracks her down. And so I, I recommend that one. That one's um, always a good one for me. But other than that, self care might involve. Um, I listen to Christmas music. I'm probably going to be listening to it on the way home from the con- the um, conference and I'm the only one in my household that enjoys Christmas music that much. I got it from my mom and so my car time, my vehicle time is my Christmas carol time and I'll sing it. I, I know all the words. Just test me. I know all of them. <laughs> Lynn, I have also started listening to Christmas music so you are not alone there. Ingrid, what's your favorite way to practice self-care? I would agree, too. I love Hallmark movies. And so I would just add that watching that movie with a cozy blanket and a hot chocolate. And then I also really enjoy shopping for Christmas decor and just decorating the house and just really making it feel like it's Christmas. I love decorating for the holidays. I keep adding every single year and my husband is getting (laughs) to his limits of his patience, but we have two trees right now and I could easily see us adding a third. Yep. Lynn's saying she has three too. So yeah, listen to Christmas music and putting up the, the tree and enjoying the decor is my favorite way to enjoy the holidays. And we wish you a happy holiday season as well from the early childhood team. And we've got a whole bunch of episodes planned to help you get you through the holiday season in a happy, healthy way. So if you enjoyed this episode, please watch for our next couple of episodes coming out next month. We'll have more information and tips for you then. And if you have any questions that you would like us to answer on the podcast, please email our team email at earlychildhood@unl.edu. Once again, email us at earlychildhood@unl.edu with your questions. But before we completely end the episode, I would like to thank our lovely panelists, Jackie, Lynn, and Ingrid for joining me today and sharing their information and tips about eustress and distress during the holidays. Ladies, it is always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me and happy holidays, everyone. Thanks, Emily, for having us. It was great to be here and happy holidays to everyone. Thanks, Emily. It was so much fun. Happy holidays. 
Some of you may be traveling during the holidays, so next up, we are going to be sharing, well, actually, a youngster will be sharing some advice on how to pack for a trip. Um, well, I would think that we would drive our car and drive to the airport. What should I pack for my baby? Hmm, toys and other things that it likes to play with or things that it needs. Or maybe it would fall, so you might need to bring some bandages or ice packs. So, yeah. Hmm. I guess you could bring a necklace for it. Oh, a necklace? What is that? Um, I don't know, actually. Well, folks, you heard it here first. Make sure to pack your best necklaces for your next trip. And with that, this has been an episode of The Good Life in Early Life, a Nebraska Extension Early Childhood production with your host, Emily Manning. For more information on early childhood, check out our website at child.unl.edu. If you like the show, subscribe and tell your friends to listen. The show production team is Emily Manning, Dr. Holly Hatton, Ingrid Lindahl, Aaron Campbell, Linda Reddish, Kim Welsant, Katie Krause, and LaDonna Worth. See you next time, and thanks for listening.